All right, you ready? Yep, I'm ready. Hair looks great. Thank you. All right, got my bandana, got my tape. All right, where's the belts? Don't you have the belts? No, last, they were by your makeup last time I saw them. Like, right? But they're not in they're here. They're not by my bag. Look in your bag. I'm, I'm, I'm looking in my bag and there's a banana, but I don't see any. Excuse me, Raina, no, have no. you seen our tag belts anywhere? Uh, nope. Sorry. Are you sure? Yeah. Are you not sitting on them? You Have you, maybe you moved them to sit down? Nothing? No, girl. No? Oh my God, David's gonna be pissed. Come on, come on, we gotta find them. They're somewhere around right. here. They're somewhere around here. You know what, we all have our 15 minutes of fame, and I'd like to take a couple of my 15 minutes to talk about the rights and the wrongs in the world of professional wrestling. This match is for the ECW World Heavyweight Championship! Welcome everyone to another edition of the Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. This is your host, Mr. Green, and we are back after reviewing another episode of WOW! Women of Wrestling. We are up to episode 28. Of course, um, as I've said on several of these, and I have to reiterate, these episodes are available all for you to watch. I mean, you can look at that ahead of me if you if you like, but they're there on the CW app and the, uh, the on-demand section, as well as Pluto TV. Also, it is on-demand, even though they don't call it that. I mean, but if you go to the top, you have the, the stuff that's running live, which, of course, you just scroll through on Pluto since it's like its own kind of cable app or cable broadcast with several channels. But uh, it also has stuff uh, such as WoW and other movies that are sitting there available for you to just kind of pick out as you want to go to the top, hit go to the uh, in-demand version or on-demand ver- uh, section and scroll through and find it. You can uh, check it out there. Just keep in mind, uh, for those of you, I mean, look, there's only so much that you can keep hitting at this point because, you know, the, the show's been taped and sitting in the can for like two years so, you know, there, there are spoilers that are floating about, particularly if you go to the uh, WOW Facebook page or you go to some of the uh, the ladies that participated in WOW's uh, social media and things like that. So just be aware that if you're trying to avoid that, uh, that uh, th- those things exist and you're, you're probably not going to be able to get away from it too much. Just, you know, just understand, understand that. Also, I needed to bring up because there was a point in time that WoW was uh, asking people to watch the shows along with them. They were saying, hey, come on, you know, we're going to do this watch along. And I I had no idea. I was like, what are they talking about? How can, you know, they're not giving a time or a date or, or anything like that. Uh, what I did find is that WoW not only airs as an on-demand product, 
But it is on Pluto TV on one of their channels. Now, originally when it said that they had it on one of their uh, 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 channels on Pluto, I thought they did something similar to what uh, Impact Wrestling did. Impact essentially has their own wrestling channel. You know, you can go on Pluto TV and it is... Listed as channel 734, and it's Impact Wrestling all day, every day. Well, just above that, for those who are interested, just above that is uh, channel 732. And that is the Pro Wrestling Channel. Now, they run wrestling from several different promotions all day long. One of those promotions that was airing on there, well, WOW. WOW came on uh, a couple of times at 5 p.m. Central. Was it Central? You know, actually, I don't even think it was Central. I think it was uh, uh, Pacific that they would air these things. So you had to kind of adjust for the time also. But needless to say, I bring that up because uh, just giving you the other option of where and how you can watch it. So, yes, you can look at it on In Demand, but they also had it on the Pro Wrestling Channel on Pluto TV. I don't know if it's still running on there now because they've had, you know, so many different uh, watch-alongs and start and stops. And I don't know the the, uh, the full layout of their arrangement with these places. So, you can always go in there and check the guide. That, that is one, one perk that exists in your, your favor. Um, before we go into the review of the episode, I, I think it needs to be brought out that as of this recording, Tessa Blanchard has seemingly has crossed, you know, some other people the wrong way. And surprisingly enough, people within WoW, that had been kind of her last refuge in the, the wrestling world. Um... Tessa had been, you know, I mean, there's really no way that you can say it nicely. She's been earning a somewhat of a reputation and an ill reputation for the most part in the wrestling community. Um, you can go back to the first May Young Classic. I think that was around 2017 where people would, thought that she would be a shoe-in to be picked up by WWE. And uh, the rumors were that some... Attitude issues may have prevented that. Uh, she did go to Impact Wrestling, and they they more or less rolled out the red carpet for her. I mean, they made her her their world champion, which I still maintain was not a good thing for Impact Wrestling. They didn't gain anything from it, and, and at this point, they don't even acknowledge it anymore. They just kind of skip around that. Um, but they they did give. Uh, a lot of t- a lot of attention to her, and when she won the championship, now granted, let, let's you know put this all in perspective. It, the pandemic had just begun, uh, and she never got on any platform, you know, officially to say, "Look, no, I, I didn't have a problem d- turning down the, uh, the videos that they asked for," which apparently she did because she didn't turn in any videos that they asked for, um, you know, and. I have to say some of that does fall on Impact Wrestling because it's not like any of this was a secret. She was having problems. The accusations came out days before they put the title on her. They chose to put the title on her anyway. Uh, 
And with that came, uh, you know, the the backlash of people saying that she was racist or, you know, hard to work with and this, that, and the other. You know, I know Impact wanted to have that. You know, we got the first woman in wrestling that ever won the world championship. But, you know, like I said, they, they gained nothing from that because they don't even bring it up. And it is hardly acknowledged at all, if any. And with her being the champion of the company, not showing up, you know, granted again, it was during the pandemic, but not showing up and not sending in the video that they were asking for, it pretty much left them no alternative. They, they cut her loose. And after that, what did you have? You had AEW where her father is and, and somehow she has not showed up to that promotion surprisingly yet. Uh... It, it, it's a wonder because she is exceptionally talented in the ring. And I don't think anybody's going to deny how good Tessa Blanchard is as a wrestler. If you're listening to this, there's probably a good chance that you've watched uh, WoW at some point in time. And you've seen what, you know, what she's capable of doing. But she has not shown that same uh, statue outside the ring. Inside the ring she's regarded as you know one of the, the best that has ever done it you know or is doing it right now but she certainly outside of it seems to have some level of issue. And moving this back to the, the actual story it's been reported that she had some you know some complaints from trainees and, and what have you at WOW Women of Wrestling and <laughs> I find this I, I don't want to say funny but you know I find it interesting because this is the same thing I was talking about when they kept her you know see when, when the world of pro wrestling I don't want to say turned their back to Tessa Blanchard but they actually just you know stopped entertaining having her appear or do uh, you know shows for them Wow went the opposite direction. Wow embraced Tessa Blanchard. Wow, you know, not only embraced her, they positioned her as a top girl. It, it, she wasn't even the, the, the champion in this last go round of media uh, uh, interviews and things like that that they did. But uh, you know, even following that, they they you know. Wild stuck by her all the way. And then up until this point, I, I would say even now, they really haven't shown anything to be different. But when I say that they embraced Tessa, they, they embraced her because during this point in time when they, you know, when everybody was saying that, you know, hey, she's just hard to work with. She, I don't know about having her come into these different promotions and all this stuff like that. Wow went out of their way to release a t-shirt for Tessa Blanchard. And I, in fact, I would say I think that that t-shirt still is in the uh, Pearls and Tees store. I mean, certainly as I'm recording, it, it is now because this is all very, very new. So they certainly have not had the chance if they wanted to, to remove the shirt. But they leaned in on this idea that she was that she had heat with people. 
And what did they do? They made a T-shirt, the Tessa Blanchard nuclear shirt. Where when you see the shirt on the on the front of, they have the the diamond at the top because she was the they called her the Diamante of wrestling. She was the, she was the diamond of wrestling, as far as Wow's you know lineage is concerned. And they had this this diamond that's kind of blended into a nuclear explosion off in the distance. And underneath that image, they have the word nuclear Tessa Blanchard. So yes. It wasn't like they were not aware that she had some issues. It wasn't like they didn't uh, get the word of it. They made a shirt about it. So, you know, <laughs> that takes me back to what I was originally saying about them is that it's hard to feel bad for them if Tessa did go in there and start doing that. Now, the reports basically say that Tessa, during an acting class, so I'm not sure why she would be teaching that, If, if you know, if anything. Uh, I think you'd have a, a legitimate actor or what have you, but but in any case, I guess Tessa at this point you might as well call an, act, an actress because that's kind of what Wow is to to some degree. Yeah, you got to be able, you got to be willing and able to act to to uh, you know be on that show. But uh, <clears throat> let's let's get the report up here before we go into any sort of. Uh, recaps. It has been uh, kind of pointed out by Fightful Select that there's allegations with Tessa Blanchard and the uh, promotion or the company of Wow. Uh, you know, Blanchard, of course, was meant to be a centerpiece, but apparently, uh, she well, other out attendees isn't the right word trainees. Uh, the trainees there have said that, you know, she might be a little bit of a problem following the accusations that she, she being Blanchard, verbally dressed down or, or argue with or hollered at uh, a wrestler in, in WOW. But she's known as uh, uh, Samantha Sage. And... Uh, in WoW, I mean, because they they haven't re- released a new roster, but uh, she is working as Americana, I believe. So, but anyway, it is you know, like I said, it was reported that she was having a bit of a falling out with the management of WoW because of this, canceling the acting classes after after this is the fightful's words, not mine, tearing apart Samantha Sage. <clears throat> while also being removed from, you know, having herself removed from the role of training talent and uh, uh, Selena Majors reassuming that. Of course, the person that we're talking about being removed, Tessa Blanchard. So, in any case, there has been no direct response from either party. Tessa Blanchard has not said something. There has been a kind of vague post Showing her pastor and some words that he said on her uh, her Instagram. Wow hasn't said anything, which is not surprising because they did the same thing the last time they had some issues. Well, I shouldn't say they had some issues, but Tesla had some public issues. It was a uh, little bit of a gag order put on by the company to all other roster members. <clears throat> Do not address that. And since everybody that has gone in the wild, and I will agree with Fightful and uh, Sean Ross Sapp, I believe he was the person that 
that basically said that uh, this isn't verbatim, but essentially said that most of the people that have gone to WoW do not like to say anything about WoW because they feel like the people that's in charge of it have more power than they actually do. <laughs> well, that was an interesting way for him to word that, but you know, I, I will agree to, to some level that most of the people that go on WoW generally don't like saying things about WoW for whatever reasons. Uh, some people say it's because of the uh, non-disclosure agreements and that they, they're they concerned about backlash. They're concerned about backlash from the company. You know, and let's face it, for some of them, uh, this is their TV shot. Some of them are, you know, never been in that position before. Some of them may not be in that position again because they're not really looking to be a wrestler beyond being a wild superhero. So, you don't get a lot of people that's willing to talk about these things, unfortunately. So we have to wait for the full reports to unveil. So we will leave that as it is. If more information comes, and we will pull that out. Anyway, so let's go to uh, the review of WoW episode twenty-eight. Um. We start this one off with a video package setting up the feuds to be featured later on the program. Uh, one of those being Lana Starr and her former protégés. And um, the main event scene being covered with Tessa Blanchard and Venomous and the Beast. Uh, they, I, I have to point out they also brought up Chrissy Vane and the WWE for the brief stint that she was there. I think she was there for like less than a month. But they brought it up you know, just to give some context to where Chrissy Vane went. Uh, and, you know, how the, I guess, the separation of Vane and Amber O'Neill kind of worked out. Uh, the second segment featured Malaya Hosaka along with Exile, the other two members of Exile versus Chantilla Chella. I still am not very uh, happy with that name. It just sounds like such a fad name. You know, just <laughs> let's name her out to this music festival. Anyway. Yeah, it was a solid match, solid, basic, but it was, you know, decent. Uh, Exile, of course, cheats to give Malaya the win. Uh, considering how close this was to the referee, and, uh, we're just going to go on record and say that the wild refs here are just blind. Of course, we know the reality is he probably already knew the finish, so regardless of whether he saw anything or not, or was close to it or not, he had to ignore it because he knew what was supposed to happen. Uh, I don't know. You know, this is one of the points that you you have to, you know, be the old man in the room. It's like, you know what? Can we at least do something on the fly when things that don't work well live happen? I mean, yeah, they, they, they did their best. And like I said, you know, they, they, they knew where they were going. And it wasn't like he was... I guess blatantly staring at at least not on TV, but still it was close enough. They should have should have uh, should have done something else. I mean, it, it was a double team on Chantilla with the referee standing no less than two feet away. And like at your worst, unless you're deaf and blind, you should be able to see it. But that that's another another issue. Anyway, yeah, they they, they need to do something about that. Learn to call something on the fly. If things like that happen, you know, or the ref should get out of their way. I mean, he definitely should apologize if, if he caused that. 
Uh, segment three, we have a recap of the theft of the tag team belts by the Dixie Darlings. Uh, still somewhat being presented as, oh, they're just playful scamps. When I have said from the get-go that they should, uh, heels. <laughs> you know, Jesse Jones and Ambro Neal had every reason to be mad, and they shouldn't have been booed for it because they had their boots stolen. And, and that cost them the the opportunity to go to the next round in the, in the tag team tournament. So we got a little recap of that. Just, to, you know, of course, the last few weeks, they've wow has been setting up that the Dixie Darlings are pranksters, so to speak. Uh, segment four shows fire and the drilling now realizing that their belts are stolen. And now, now this is all a vignette. So this, you know, the one thing you can say that Wild does well is that the stuff that they have does generally look good in the background, except for this one scene that the the camera caught the boom mic in the mirror. But you know, that's 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 a production issue, and uh, you know, it, it happened to the best of them. It just so happened to happen here on a show that's supposed to be a national broadcast. Um, so anyway, fire drilling in the backstage, they are realizing that the belts are missing and now they're like, Hey, you seen our belts? You seen our belts? You know, the David's going to kill it because I guess the, the setup here being is that when you're the champion, you hold on to the belts, but it still, you know, belongs to wow. That makes sense. So now they're concerned like, Oh man, David's going to kill us. if We don't find these belts. Uh, the cut to the darlings are now presenting the belts to Jesse Jones as a peace offering is what they called it. And they're doing this in front of the camera. So it's you know, there's moments where wild likes to pretend that the camera's real. And then there's moments that wild likes to go with the opposite. Like, Oh, these are just invisible eyes watching us. You know, I, I think they need to pick one and just go with it. And that'll kind of determine how they present these things on camera but in this instance the camera apparently isn't here because they're just unveiling their crime in front of jesse jones and the world so in any way they 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 show the the uh the belts and jesse's like oh you know she's kind of impressed to some degree that they have them. uh then we go to a video set up for steffi slayers versus the temptress this is revenge for an attack that seemingly happened months prior. I, now, this bothered me. I don't remember in any of these reviews anything with the Temptress attacking uh, Steffi Slay's partner because this is a, that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be an attack on uh, Keita Rush that happened months ago in an entirely different season. So what's the point behind this? This is, they should have just made this a regular match. It, it, it didn't require anything. I mean, if it was that important, there was no lead into this. There were there were no matches talking about it before. They hadn't addressed it up until now. This could have just been a cold match, and they could have moved on. But they had to shoehorn this storyline like Steffi Slays is getting revenge for her tag team partner. Like what was all? What was that? five, six, seven episodes ago. Anyway, so, no, I, I didn't care for that. It was, it felt forced. It's great for Steffi Slays to give her more attention and time and everything, you know, in, in, on uh, on camera while her partner's down. But, yeah, th this just felt so shoehorned. Just, just 
give her the match and be done. So the next segment is is, is exactly that. It's the match with Temptress and the Dagger versus Steffi Slays. Uh, Steffi's the clear fan favorite there, and she's gotten a lot better. You know, a long way from when she first started off, but as she should, I still say that she, amongst a, a couple of the WoW originals, would do better if they actually wrestle someplace outside of WoW every once in a while just to kind of get the feel for different styles and different crowds and uh, different rings and things like that. But again, I know that most of them are not looking to be anything beyond being a wild superhero, so we'll move on. Uh, <clears throat> Dagger was playing the role of the manager here, and she did a good job choking out Steffi when she got the chance with the bull whip and, you know, tripping up, you know, just doing manager stuff. <clears throat> um, wild wrestlers almost don't attempt cheating behind the ref's backs, so when I saw Dagger do that i was happy it was one of that was one of the major complaints the last seasons like even the managers who are managers didn't do things and then when they did do stuff or the wrestler would see them do it or something like that i was like you know it wouldn't lead anything it wouldn't lead to the manager bump you know every manager had to do that at some point in it your Jimmy Hart's, your Bobby Heenan's, your Jim Cornette's, your Paul Heyman's. They all had to do it at some point where they finally got their come up and said, Well, that was one thing that was missing here. You never got a manager that got their come up up until recently. And I I've enjoyed that because it it feels a little bit closer to the pro wrestling roots. Where they're, they're getting involved more often, they're, they're doing more cheating behind the ref's back. I mean, and I say this about all of them. Uh, Lana Starr, or I'm saying it about all of them now, Lana Starr, uh, Samantha Smart, Dagger in this instance, Sophia Lopez. Um, you know, I'm sure they can all get better, but they have gotten better from where they were. So I just, you know, had to add that in there. However, in this case, the manager's interference didn't really help because the miscommunication caused temperatures to hit her partner and Steffi Slays won with a roll-up. So she continues to climb the mountain and, and get better and you know reposition who Steffi Slays is. Good for her. And on the other side of that coin, as I just said, the people who have been operating as managers have gotten better. And I'm, you know, impressed and happy with that. Uh next segment. The Dixie Darlings and Jesse talk about title shots. Basically, they got the belts and they got a way to leverage it, you know, leverage themselves into a championship match. They didn't say that. That is my interpretation. Uh, <clears throat> cut to Amber O'Neill, Lana Star, and Lina's video history package. It was a nice use of photos that Wild clearly got from some wrestling magazine organization, maybe pro, you know, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Who knows? I didn't. I don't remember the uh, credit to. Uh, but it was a nice use of the photos to play up Team Blondage. Now, I have to say this about Team Blondage and WoW. Because Team Blondage, in the grand scheme of wrestling history, and I say this all to respect, was not a big enough tag team for the audience now to care. It's not like 
the Dudley boys getting back together or the Steiner brothers showing up together or the Harlem Heat or you know, I, I don't know. Whatever major teams you want to talk about that you know, put a real name for themselves, it's not like Blondich was together enough to do that. Now, they were the premier team for women's wrestling at that time because there wasn't a lot of them to, to argue that point. But I will say, despite that, despite the fact that, you know, they, I don't think the wild audience would get Team Blondes, I will say the wild did almost everything that they could do to reestablish the history between O'Neill and Chrissy Vane through the footage and, you know, telling in the, in the video package, telling everybody, well, they, they did this tag team and, you know, they ruled up and down the East Coast and, and stuff like that. I mean, not, yeah, they played it up, but they're supposed to. So uh, kudos to them and the production team for doing a good job of digging stuff up and creating that. Uh, the next segment, segment seven, showed a backstage vignette featuring Lana Starr and Chrissy Vane, and both of them are in a recreation of Team Blondage gear. And that goes back to that production status again because – <laughs> the audience, we're talking about the television audience, would not get that reference of what they're wearing if you didn't see the video packages first, assuming that you were unaware who Team Blondage was. Um, having the package and then seeing them come out helped a little bit. Now, I don't know if they get the chance to see these video packages when they tape the shows. I would imagine not. I'm thinking that that's all done later and in post. But in any case, if you were unaware of who Team Blondage was, and and again, I'm going to say most of the wild artists probably does not. And there's not a lot of footage of matches that they've done for you to even do the research unless you buy some DVDs from like Shimmer or maybe some other people up, uploaded it on the YouTube or by now. Um <clears throat> But I, but I doubt that most of them know who they are. But this the video packages that they did, they're showing the photos of Team Blanche in their early phases and then seeing the recreation of it through Lana and Chrissy. I think all of those things really helped the presentation of uh, the history of Team Blanche and establishing them as a team to be reckoned with. And within the WOW universe, that could be a big thing, or you know, it could be it can help the tag team division if it goes somewhere. I doubt that it will, but if it does, um, <clears throat> this all of course sets up the next segment, which is the match: it's Chrissy Vane, Alana Star versus Amber O'Neill and Alinus. Uh this is a glorified singles match. And we pretty much knew it was going to be a glorified singles match. Just seeing Lana Starr with Chrissy Vane. Now, I, I'm sure Lana would like, and I mean this, you know, real life. I think that she would like to wrestle. But I believe she has some injuries that, you know, made that a little bit of a difficulty for her. So anytime she's probably popped up, once per season since then under the guise of I'm going to get in the ring. 
or in a tag match because that's the that's the smoke and mirrors that they can throw in front of you so that it she she can move around and it works but when i see her appear and she's in a tag match or something along those lines i know immediately this is not going anywhere because she's not going to wrestle she may do a few things to kind of get the illusion of it but she's not going to wrestle she's not going to take a bump lo and behold that's exactly what happened she didn't wrestle she did one or two moves and she didn't run or take a bump so this was a match between Chrissy Vane and the Linus. The story being is that Amber didn't want to really get into the ring with, uh, you know, not Chrissy Vane. Uh, like, like they were still playing up some history there. <clears throat> refusing to wrestle her former partner, which when that happened the first time, the first thing that went through my mind was angle alert. Like, <laughs> Whenever I've seen this, this this is leading to an angle. We know what's happening. So we got the Linus wrestling the bulk of this match. And even when Vane tags out to Lana Star, Lana did a you know a couple of punches and forearms and whatnot. Not not a series of them, but one or two <clears throat> before she tagged back out to Chrissy Vane. Again, Lana takes no bumps. So whenever you see Lana Star get up on the apron and, and she's a part of the match officially, just go ahead and discount her and, and count down the team because this is all Chrissy Vane. Uh, as I said a second ago, Amber refusing to wrestle her former partner was a complete angle alert to me. And yep, what happens? Amber O'Neill turns on the Linus. And the Lions is beaten and jumped by all three members of the Hollywood Connection who, you know, Team Blondage 2.0, whatever you want to call them. Because Amber revealed herself under her, her shirt that she had been wearing. She's wearing, well, not her shirt, I'm sorry. She, was it her shorts? I can't remember. It was it was a portion of her, her gear, I want to say her shorts, that she was wearing Team Blondage colors and the uh, uniform underneath her country girl gear so we now know that team blindage is a three woman unit Amber O'Neill went crawling back to Lana Star, and she is now tag team partners with Chrissy Vane again so the packages that we've been seeing on wild television uh, showing the history of of team blindage has also served as vignettes to introduce them they got double the use out of it. And I'm all in for that. I, I like it. Uh, <clears throat> the next segment <sighs> wasn't bad, but I I, I, uh, I wish this was pushed back. This was the match between the Beast and the Venomous. Now, I know that they had to go ahead and, well, they didn't have to. They could do whatever they want. Uh, but I was going to say, I know that they had to go ahead and push Venomous forward because she had won against Tessa Blanchard in a somewhat number one contenders match. And now they're, they're going in short order to this. I, I really thought that... Venomous needed to win against some more people. She needed to beat some more people up 
before they dropped her in there with the beast. The beast has already been kind of established amongst the fans that she's she's the female Goldberg, she's the female Brock Lesnar, she's the female you know who you know whoever you want to call that just ran through the competition and just ate them alive. That's what she is. She has been positioned as the dominant female with the with the exception of, of two people in that roster that were able to hang with her, Tessa Blanchard being one, Jungle Girl being the other. But outside of that, she has really not done much for anybody else to show that they're on her level. And I thought Venomous would do well because she was uh, a big enough person and she had a, somewhat of a dominating win when she started showing up. But having some more matches underneath her where, where we could build to that point of her actually calling out the beast to say I'm coming for you or coming for the belt. We we never got into that. She just here she just here she is. And that seemed like it just there was nothing on it. There was nothing on this match. It's decent to watch, but it was just nothing on it. There was nothing that made me feel about who I cared to win one way or the other. It was out there was it was cold. We, even though it was a championship match, this was a cold match. The, the you know again Nothing against the effort to put in the ring, but just just what led into this is like, all right, well, here's here's a championship match. Now I understand the Beast had, had two other championship matches that were cold. There were you know more or less open challenges, disciplinarian and the temptress, and those were fine because those helped establish the Beast against two women who I know helped her her being the Beast out a lot in that ring to you know get her going as as professional wrestler but venomous should have been different venomous should have been the one that was building towards so that by the time we got there there could have been a video package showing the dominance of the beast it could have been a video package showing the dominance of venom where that you know it's the irresistible force immovable object scenario and they're about to collide uh we're past that now. Can't do it again. You only got one first time. They can make a great second, but you only get one first. Uh, this match was layered with sound sweetener. Crowds cheering and whatnot when they really aren't. Uh, and, and with beast chants when they weren't doing it. Uh, Venomous, despite not having the build that I would have liked was presented here as a threat to the beast. And I, I like that part of it. And it was a decent match. Venomous was very good in helping to uh, both keep herself strong and establish who the, you know, the, how tough the beast is. Uh, but this match is in a double DQ. And again, you know, you can only get one first time. And this first time should have been more epic. Segment 10, you know, that was the main event of the show. But segment 10, we have a uh, promo or vignette being shot on the set of Voodoo Doll, Holiday, and Princess Ozzy's uh, mansion or cat. I don't know where they're supposed to be in this thing, but... They, this is this was their their thing. They were cutting it together. Now this goes back to what I was saying earlier about 
a while, sometimes goes in and out of whether the camera is an invisible eye versus is actually a camera. As this promo or this video is being shot, the Psycho Sisters barge in and attack, you know, everybody, including the camera. They knock it over. So in this instance, we know that the camera is a real thing. Yes. It is, it is a thing that is dead that, that they can address because they did. It got knocked over at the Psycho Sisters beat up Evil Incorporated, I guess. I don't know what, what we call them. Uh, they beat him down. And then address the camera and cut a promo directly into the camera. So again, you know, in most cases where it's some sort of invisible eye not to be addressed here, they they get right up into it. Or, uh, well, I was about to say Spike. I can't even think of her name right now. But anyway, it's, uh, it gets right up into the camera and a razor. <laughs> That's what it is. And it looks like the Cycle Sisters got one over on them finally because like nobody gets you know beats the psycho sisters and yada 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 that was until voodoo some of y'all remember her as nina monet shot fire in the face of razor and the psycho sisters go down again why is this feud still going on like where is this heading nobody's there the why is it made? Why is the promotion is made? No effort to say, hey, look, we need to get this under control, or we need to offer them a match, or you know, just to finish this up or something. Because they they have been carrying this thing on for weeks, and one time it got met with a just a brawl to the outside. The other one, I, I might be mis mismashing things together, but I know they. The evil ink will again, you know, bounce them out of the tournament. That tournament being uh, for the tag titles the cycle sisters and it just feel like this is just going on and on and on and on and on now just give me a blow off match and be and let's end this let's, let's pull the band-aid off as i mean i i'm not there's some good wrestlers there between ozzy monet holiday uh harlow and uh sarah the rebel <laughs> Rodriguez, you know, I, I that's all indie names. I was well, except for Ozzy, but um, with the exception of Mesmera, all you know, everybody there is is a pretty accomplished wrestler, and I and I I have to put the disclaimer about Mesmera again because I don't know her. I don't. I have never met this young lady. I don't. I don't know how hard she trains or what have you. But the problem is, is that. She has little or no time on TV showing that at all, whether she is a good wrestler or not. So, I mean, I'm forced to assume that she isn't. They, you know, the, the advertised debut match that they had last season that they left into the audio never happened. Anytime she's been inside some match has been a multi-person match, and her time in said multi-person matches are usually very limited. That's you know she interacts with a lot of people now, but but her timing within those matches are generally pretty short. So it's 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 hard to 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 add her into the the point the the, uh, the group as a good wrestler. But anyway, the point being is that that they're, they're enough there that they can 
finishes off and have a, a you know a, a good match doing it. I have no doubt about that, but the feud in and of itself, I'm just I'm just wanting this to kind of close the chapter on it. The Psycho Sisters do not seem to be like they're getting anywhere in this anyway. So, so I'm not sure where this is supposed to go. Uh, this episode of, of WoW, although it had entertaining matches in it, uh, the championship match with the Beast and Venomous and uh, Steffi Slays versus uh, Temptress. I mean, you know, these were decent matches most of which didn't seem to even though they tried to give Temptress versus Steffi something with this nonsensical footage it, it was a cold match it was just it was just a match for the sake of having a match uh, the tag match with Vane and Star and O'Neal and Linus yeah it had some good wrestling in it but it felt like what it was it was an angle alert and the only purpose that that match served was to push Amber back into the, the good graces of Team Blondage the Beast Vendors match went to a double uh, DQ. It it wasn't a bad show or a bad episode, but this is completely missable. If I if I had to say anything about it, there's nothing here that happens outside of the Amber O'Neill turn that. You could point to somebody else like, yeah, this is you should watch that. There's almost nothing here that I can say you should watch it. If you do, fine. But again, it's it, it nothing not enough happened to really make me feel like that. Fire drilling, you know, searching around for the belts, never got anywhere with, with that. And, and the darlings just giving a the belts to Jesse Jones for whatever reasons the peace offering I don't even know what that's about uh, other than the darlings are switching heel apparently uh, the Vane the Star O'Neill I mean all of this is it, it just didn't seem to go into outside of that Beast and, and Venomous it, just, it was just missable it was, it's all it was it was just a missable show if you catch it you catch it if not you're not missing much I can I can pretty much say that almost everything that's in this will be recapped in its almost its entirety on episode twenty nine. They'll probably give everything that you ever missed out of this on episode twenty nine without missing the beat. In any case, that was the review. Check it if you can. If you don't, eh. Like I said, a missable episode. Hopefully, episode 29 will be better. And we'll have more progression because we're almost at the end. The episodes of WoW that I have not watched are coming to a a halt. I think I only got maybe three or four left. So, time to kick it into gear. Anyway, uh, if you are a listener out there that's looking to support the Women's Pro Wrestling Network, please give a like. Subscribe, follow, whatever platform you happen to be on. Uh, if you are looking to follow, go to Women's Pro Wrestling Network. That will find us on Facebook and YouTube. 
all other places, WPN Wrestling. That includes the website. It is WPN Wrestling. Well, we've got a 24-hour-a-day stream of our wrestling content. Of course, uh, it links to this podcast that you're listening to right now, which you can find on the greater podcast platforms. So wherever you subscribe, give this a subscribe, and uh, you know that, that will help the show or write a review. All those things help out a lot. Uh, also, if you are so kind to... Uh, Go by the website that I just mentioned, WPN Wrestling. You have uh, profiles that have been dropped in there. Some shots of action from uh, people that submit. If you want to submit it to, you can go to the contact page. and You got a photo of a, of a match that you were at at an indie show or something like that. Send it on over. Uh, and also, if not just for the podcast, go to YouTube. You can subscribe there. Just uh, Women's Pro Wrestling Network. Subscribe, like the videos, help uh, help the channel continue to grow as you have done all these years or months for those of you that might be new or weeks for that matter. So with that, we're going to bring this show to a close until I come back for episode 29's review of WOW. But until then... Be sure to uh, check me out again, WPN Wrestling. Do that on Instagram. I also participate in a podcast called Tales from the Grip for you uh, movie buffs out there. So, Tales from the Grip, as as in the grips that work on the movie sets. For those who didn't get that, I didn't name it. (laughs) This is not my show. I'm just the host. Uh, but you can catch me on there also. Uh, you can find that on Instagram. And I think that is all the plugs I can do other than if you are YouTube, go click the link below for uh, the, the T-shirt spots. You can find one of those. That's an easy, quick way to support if you are willing and able to support. You liking and sharing it is, is support also, and I appreciate that to the absolute and with that, we bring this show to a close. So, for those of you who have listened, thank you for your time and letting me uh, review this show for you. And until the next one, this is Mr. Green saying that this is Mr. Green saying so long, and we will see you on the next go-round. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the WPN's Rights and Wrongs of Pro Wrestling. If you have questions or comments, please contact us via our Facebook or our YouTube channel at the Women's Pro Wrestling Network. If you're new to the WPN, feel free to subscribe to our channel and like our page. We appreciate your support. Thank you again for listening.